Slow motion. I'm ready. All right. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> hey, everyone. Welcome back to Let's Talk Physical Media. My name is John. And I'm Faith. I almost forgot. <laughs> of course, you almost forgot your name. It's hard, isn't it? You know? One it's of the five, most. Five, five letters. Mine's four. And I sometimes. Just John. Just John. It doesn't. It's not Jonathan, guys. It's just John. And this is the Let's Talk Physical Media show where we talk all things physical media, physical media adjacent, movies. Just some anything we just want to talk about for an hour, answer all of your questions, and we got a lot of those this week. But before we dive into all that, if you are a fan of podcasts, lists, movie reviews, 4K Blu-ray reviews, then this YouTube channel is for you. And if you're listening to us on all podcast services, make sure you give us a five-star rating because that really does help us out. Five stars. Because for a five-star man, eh, five-star woman, <laughs> so... <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Starting off with the rude comments right away, huh? I don't think. Wow, we can't curse in the first five minutes. Uh, <laughs> really? Something like that, or it throws off the algorithm. <laughs> but uh, anyway, guys, we're going to start it off because I got news, and I got plenty of news for you guys this week. News, 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 This week, we're going to start it off with the Criterion Collection announcing their August releases. Faith, I hope you're a little bit more enthusiastic about these than Matt was, because <laughs> he hates the Criterion Collection. But first up, we get The Trial. This is coming to 4K also. Orson Welles, um, I believe he directed this movie, I, if I'm correct. This is actually one of the ones I haven't seen. Or is No, Orson Welles stars what in this one. What is that about? Uh, looks like a noir. I haven't actually seen this movie. I've heard of it like on lists from Orson Welles, but I've actually never seen this one myself. But it's a new 4K restoration done by Studio Canal, who does some of the best-looking restorations. All right. So I'm happy about that. Uh, next, So the next up we get Walkabout 4K. This is one I actually really want to see as well. This is from the 70s. I've never seen this one, but I'm excited about this. This is something I'll probably pick up in the sale. But here's where the big ones are. The Princess Bride is coming to 4K. Okay. Do you like that movie? Yeah. Yeah. That's I haven't a, seen it since I was a little girl, though. That's a Rob Reiner movie. Mm. You know, that's the one where, um, you know, it's, you know, you've probably seen the line. Yeah, my name is Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. I, I, I know. I, like, I remember the horseback riding thing. Like, you know, the picture. Like, that's what I picture. Andre the Giant walking around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's a great movie. Fred Savage is in that, too. He's the kid in the bed. Yep. So, All right. so that's coming Good to 4K. One. They already had it on Blu-ray, so I'm excited about that. And then we got I know, Moonage Daydream. This one's coming to 4K as well. Okay. So that's one I actually haven't seen also, but that's getting a brand new 4K digital master, so that's exciting. And then this one is the one I'm looking most forward to. Not coming to 4K, which is surprising, but to Blu-ray, La Bamba. La 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 bamba. This is the story of Richie Valens. I feel like you are so offbeat. I don't think so. La la, like what? Yeah, I, I'm not offbeat. I was perfectly on cue, perfectly on note. Okay. So that's the story of Richie Valens, who you might know died in the plane crash mm -hmm. with uh, the Big Bopper and Buddy Holly. Yeah. And this tells the story of him. Did you know he was 17 years old when he died? That's sad. I know. The guy never even got to live his life, and he has one of the biggest hits ever because, I mean, I love not only the movie La Bamba, but the song La Bamba is fantastic. It's okay. just one, it's one of the greatest pop songs ever. Okay. All right, just saying. And uh, the movie, really sad. You can tell we don't listen to the same stuff. How are you not listening to La Bamba? Okay. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I don't put the and La this Bamba is the movie that put on when I'm working out or just... <laughs> 
What? Like, why? I am 36 years old. I do not need to listen to a bomba that, like. I just thought it puts me in a good mood. Whatever you like. That is what I like. And I also like the movie, Lou Diamond Phillips. You ever seen the movie? I don't think so. Uh, wow, I used to play in VH1 Classic all the time. Sure uh, it did. It did. I'm telling you it did. So that's the stuff that's coming from the Criterion Collection. And now just some regular 4K announcements that came out. So Enter the Dragon officially got its 50th anniversary 4K announced. And this is coming out from Warner Brothers. It's going to have a steelbook and it's going to have a standard release. And from what I saw, but I can't find full confermation that there's going to be a $130 like 4K collection of it as well. Oh, okay. You think so, you're going to get that? No, I'm going to get the regular standard 4K release eventually because, you know, I like Enter the Dragon. We just watched that last year. Mm -hmm. It's a good Bruce Lee movie. Mm -hmm. And then another 4K that got announced that's getting a Best Buy exclusive 4K steelbook. Me and you saw this in the movies. What Two Guns. It? Two Guns. <laughs> With Mark Wahlberg and You Denzel. know, I haven't seen that. Since theater. Since that. You know how old that movie is? We really have to, like, go back and watch Because we liked it. We enjoyed that movie. Yeah, it's not, like, a great action movie. It's kind of just a throwaway, generic action movie. Like, that's why, like, I haven't seen it since, but I remember enjoying I it. I remember it being beautiful. It was a beautiful... It's Michael Bay, so... It's not a Michael Bay movie, actually. Two Guns isn't Michael Bay? No, it is not. It's funny. You think it's Michael Bay? I thought it was Antoine Fuqua, and the actual director of this movie, I'm going to tell you right now, is neither of those men, because I was telling Matt, that's when they used to do those Antoine Fuqua movies each year with Denzel, but the actual director for this movie is Balatastar, Kumakar. Okay. So, oh wow. Yes. Yeah, so. I really honestly thought it was Michael Bay because of the look of the movie. It, it's because of that blown out look, and they're doing a lot of really tight, nice looking action shots. I mean, mm -hmm. Mark Wahlberg and uh, Denzel Washington have really good chemistry in it. Mm -hmm. So, good movie. I'm looking forward to that 4K. Still looks pretty nice, too. It's in black and red. Mm -hmm. uh, so, I'm definitely going to get that one because I want to revisit it. And can you believe it's been 10 years since that movie came out? Wow. Yeah, you're getting old. So that's cool. Yep. <laughs> I just can't believe that movie is 10 years old. And then another one, because we talk about this movie all the time, coming to 4K, Hustle and Flow. Oh, I love that movie. Mm. Ta you gonna get the, it for me? Yeah, I'll get it for you. I like Hustle and Flow too. That's the movie that put Terrence. You haven't watched Hustle and Flow with me. No, so it's been like so, 12 years. Yeah, so don't say I like Hustle and Flow. I still liked Hustle and Flow. I knew who Terrence Howard was from that movie. I actually recently watched it. Did you? Yeah, maybe like three months ago. How was it? Still holds oh, up? Still holds up. Amazing. Yeah? Yeah, amazing. I gotta revisit that one. I haven't seen that one in a it's very... like, it's That movie is so funny because you don't want to like him because he is a pimp. He is a you pimp. Know, but like, you, he just wants like he just wants to make money for everybody, you know? He's out there trying like to do good. Like, he's trying to do good, and he's like, listen, if you, this is what you gotta do, I'll keep you safe to tell the girls, and that's the typical pimp talk, you know. But like, most pimps don't really give a shit about those girls, like, the girls. He actually get cared. For they the provide a part. service, but they also expect to take a bigger piece of the pie. That's the thing with pimps. You know, they're there yeah. to really, like, they, you know, they manage a stable, and, you know. Then what do you know about pimping? Well, pimping ain't easy, first of all. <laughs> 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 I can't. So that's the first thing. And then also, I also knew that Ludacris used to be pimping all over the world. So pimping ain't easy. And it ain't easy being cheesy. So You are very cheesy. <laughs> You're very cheesy. Well, that's what they used to call me, Chester. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, let's go on. All right, well, that was really it as far as new 4K news being announced. Oh, thank uh, God. There's a lot of 4Ks <laughs> coming out this week. I'll be reviewing both The Firm and Vanilla Sky on 4K from Paramount. Waiting for those, really excited. I haven't seen Vanilla Sky. Yeah, never or in a long time? In a time? long time. Cameron Crowe? I haven't seen that in a long time, too. The line that always comes to mind is the Kanye West song, though, uh, Through the Wire. Had my face looking like Tom Cruise from Vanilla Sky. Yeah. It was televised. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I always think of when I think of Vanilla Sky, which I'm just looking forward to revisiting it, because a lot of people who watch this channel, big Vanilla Sky fans. Long yeah, I actually want to watch that, too. It reminds me of Missing Impossibles. Uh, it looks like it's a thriller. Like it's a, a thr like like I haven't seen it in a long time, so yeah. maybe I'm not remembering. But I know it was action. It's definitely like the, out of Cameron Crowe's wheelhouse, that's for sure. It's nothing like Jerry Maguire, or almost famous, but you know, it reunites him with Tom Cruise, and it's a Tom Cruise week because between that and all the Mission Impossible's we're watching, man, I just love Tom Cruise. Mm. So that's actually gonna do it for the news this week. Uh, we have a little funny story for you. We told you guys last week we, we were gonna see the blackening, <laughs> and we did. <laughs> 45 minutes of it. Uh, <laughs> I was Wednesday. so disappointed. Yeah, that was really disappointing because we went in there 45 minutes and then somebody somehow set off a fire alarm. And they were probably smoking. Smoking in the bathroom or something like that. And set off the alarm and they had to wait for the fire. So we just got free tickets, but... Man, the movies, for the 45 minutes we saw... <laughs> what we saw was good. It was good. It was actually pretty funny. Uh, yeah. I was enjoying it. You know, it had a good sense of humor. It was like kind of a satire of the horror genre and like how black... Like it was a little bit scared. It wasn't like just funny. It was, They had like a little tense no, moment. It it's like a perfect horror comedy blend, but mm -hmm. can't really tell you how it ends. If it ends well, we have some speculation, but eventually we're going to see the movie for real because we thought it was... Definitely. I wanted and to see it today, but we don't have time. We don't got time. I saw Elemental last night, which was really good. One of the best movies of the year. I still think Into the Spider-Verse, uh, no, Across the Spider-Verse or Air are the best movies so far for mm. 2023. Mm. I don't know how you feel. I love Air. Air was great. Air just felt like a throwback to like a good 90s drama that we mm -hmm. just don't get anymore. Mm -hmm. Plus the music. I, I just think I have a, such a love for Jordans. Like you do. If you love the shoe, you're going to love and it like more. I just have a love for it. And the idea of how it all came together, I, that's really what made it the movie mm -hmm. for me. And then you get the boys back together, you know? Matt yeah. Damon and Ben Affleck. And they were hilarious. Oh my God, they were hilarious. Hilarious. We yeah, and then Jason Bateman is... Now, yeah. I can watch it again. Oh yeah, I know. And which actually, guys, got announced for a Blu-ray. So the speculation of it was just going to stay on on Amazon Prime without a physical release. Apparently, it's coming to Blu-ray, which, no 4K, but hey, at least for the physical collectors, if you don't have Prime, we can grab that now, so that's also cool, because one of the best movies of the year deserves a physical release. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty cool. Um, and then we'll be seeing The Flash tomorrow, or by this point, yesterday. We haven't seen that yet, so we're like the last people not to see it. Because they did that weird Yeah, I, honestly, I was going to tell you to cancel my ticket, but I'll go see it. You're going to see it. And you're going to enjoy yourself. No, I, I want to see my, uh, you know, see Batman. I want to see Michael Keaton. Oh, yeah, that's, one so, that's what gets me there. I'm there to see Batman. So, as much as I, I don't really want to support it, I got to. Got to support. You got to support Batman. 
especially since this is, uh, we'll see, but we also found out that Blue Beetle, I don't know if you've Can seen... Miller? Yeah. Oh. I don't know if you saw that Blue Beetle, apparently James Gunn said that's very important to the future of DC. I guess that's like one of his characters that he's getting behind. I don't know, have you seen the trailer for Blue Beetle? No. No, I'm, I'm excited for that. There was a Blue Beetle in the 90s that I remember, so this is like a... It's oh, been, no, no, I did see it. It didn't see? really intrigue me. It looks like something James Gunn would get behind, right? Yeah, it definitely yeah. feels like a James Gunn thing. It didn't intrigue me, but I, I see them all. Yeah. I try to see them. I'm not really as far as DC goes, but I know definitely Marvel I do. Yeah, we do see every Marvel movie, even though we've been more disappointed than happy as of late. Um, Guardians 3 was the exception. The last two... Well, you did you like Ant-Man more than me, right? I, uh, Ant-Man was a little disappointing, but it's Paul Rudd, so I always have to love him. Um... But so yeah, I guess so. I guess yeah. you're right. It has been a little bit disappointing. But I think Guardians really I think what this one is going to do, like this um this phase phase is going it's cuz like you got to remember the first phase was okay, but it was this pretty much like telling you stories. Just starting like that. And I think we're going to do that. I think that's what the last phase was about getting that. the story the story started you know like they haven't really um announced anything with Jonathan Majors yet so I really think they're holding on to well apparently well Marvel actually well Disney restructured their whole release schedule and now they both pushed back uh Blade is now coming out in 2025 oh. the Avatar the last Avatar movie is scheduled now for 2031 so I don't know if you saw this, but Zoe Zaldana is like, yeah, so when that comes out, I'll be 53. And she's like, I was 27 when the first one came out. Wow. That's how long between these movies. But why are they, make, why are they waiting so long? Well, they're making three. That's the fifth Avatar movie. Now, three and four still have not come out, but they've already announced three, four, and five. Do you remember how long it took for two to come out? Yeah. 13 years? I don't know. I don't like Avatar, so... Yeah, not a big Avatar fan myself. This is not an Avatar family. No, no, we don't gather around to watch Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> but if you love them, you love That's them. That's you. Yeah. That's good for we you. We support you guys, so... That's good for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's plenty of stuff Faith likes to try. Just, just the spies. You want to... I just want to sock them. You just want to sock them. <laughs> 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 uh, but anyway, guys, let's dive into the Q&A portion of the show. So our first question is from Rico Gomez. Hi, Rico. He said, what movie scene from a regular movie turned you on for the first time? Mine is 1960s, the Tom's Crown chess scene between Steve McQueen and Faye Dunaway. Um, actually, for me, I think I've said this on the show before, but mine was an American Pie with uh what's her name uh i always forget the actress's name but like the foreign exchange student and she makes a uh, big gym there you know yeah blow his load a couple times yeah. before he so you know that always makes me uncomfortable it doesn't well it makes... i was young and yeah. she was a very pretty lady and she was doing you know nothing i don't watch movies and so you've never gotten well you don't remember the first time like you saw some like greasy guy come on the screen i don't like I don't. you know like a guy walking on screen like just looking like looking like me like you never seen like something like that where you got turned on the... i mean i i look at you know there's handsome men obviously so you can't think of like and it, Paul Rudd's uh, beautiful, but like I, I don't get turned on by sex scenes and. Oh, you don't remember the first one? Are you kidding me? You gotta be a prude about it. There was never a scene that like fucking. Oh, am I gonna be a prude about it? I don't know. Like I'm not. <laughs> you don't even like when you watch the Terminator. You don't think, wow, look at that man. <laughs> I'm not attracted to Arnold. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I know you are. But well, look You're at. You're very him. attracted to Arnold. <laughs> fucking weird. <laughs> 
the guy is a man of a man. He's a man's man. <laughs> so what do you um, want me to say? I don't think there... I mean, oh yeah, baby boy. Baby Tyrese? Yeah, he's, Tyrese he's is fucking cut. hot. Tyrese is in the cut. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you Tyrese. When the girl came over oh and she's God. like... You and baby boy. Yeah, but she's like, she was, you know, giving him a blowjob or whatever. Good for her. And he's like, no, I got a girlfriend. But oh. you what? You ready? You got that far. Yeah. <laughs> Might as well finish at that point. <laughs> like, so you, you did it. You're already knee deep. Might as well fucking finish up, right? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> wrap it up but anyway all right rico hopefully we answered that question sorry if fate's answers disappointed you what <laughs> i don't think he wants to know about like men the men that i find attractive well i already know that it's me and then everybody else but oh, that's, yeah, that's, that's a given like i don't this body ain't free we've been, i've said it and i'll say it again so now we're up to the kevin l portion of this week so kevin l asked us what are your top five and bottom five Pixar movies. Do you have a top five and bottom five? Okay, uh, I do. Coco. Coco's number one for you? Mm -hmm. It's also my number one. I'm gonna say Toy Stories. At number two? At number uh, yeah. two. We, you guys saw my top three, same thing. Put the trilogy, not number four, and Lightyear. One through three, and number two is a tie because that is a perfect film trilogy. Uh, Encanto. Is that, is that's, that, that's Disney. That's not Pixar? Nope, that's Disney Animation. What would be considered Pixar then? Okay, well, I'll give you the rundown. Toy Story, then A Bug's Life, then Don't Toy like Story 2, Monsters, Inc., Finding Nemo. Finding Nemo would be up there. And so then you also get Finding Dory, you got Brave, Cars, Ratatouille, Cars 2, Cars 3. Ratatouille. Uh, yeah, Ratatouille's up there for me. That would be my number. But I'm, I'm thinking like just... Toy Stories in general. And then you got The Incredibles 1 and 2. So The Incredibles, Incredibles would be my number okay. 4. Okay, so it would be Coco. Uh-huh. Um, Toy, Toy Stories. 1 through 3 or all of them? 1 to 3. Perfect. Good. Um, Good and then um, my Incredibles. Th that's your number 3? That would be my number 4 because my number 3 is Wally. I love Wally. Wally! And yeah, and then yeah, Incredibles. And then Ratatouille, I think, might be my number five because I do love that movie a lot mm -hmm. too. And then my bottom five is probably going to be the Cars movies are going to be down there. Oh, yeah. Um, surprisingly, The Good Dinosaur was not that great. That's down there. Um, Brave is pretty low. And uh, what was a couple... Oh, Lightyear. Like, Lightyear was good, but it was very disappointing. So that would probably mm -hmm. be in my bottom five as well. Yeah. You know, I like... like I think we have the same. Yeah, Pixar doesn't have any real misses. Like, even, like, the Cars movies, they just don't feel like... They don't have the heart of the other Pixar movies. That's the only thing that I really think hurts those movies. They feel more like ads for toys. But they're still not bad. It's not like they're bad movies. Pixar, I don't think, puts out a bad film. It's just that when they put out such classics, you know, in comparison, it's just not fair. So mm. that's my way I feel about the Pixar movies because I think they're just one of the greatest studios ever. What? So you? I know you love Coco just as much as me. It's my favorite. Yeah. And I couldn't believe something past the uh, uh, Toy Story franchises. Yeah. I just think that because I grew up it's with just them. Just so touching. Yeah. And so, just a way to think of the afterlife and you know expecting to see everybody that you love. Like they make them real, like mm -hmm. that. Like, like to expect that it makes it like that's one because. That's the thing with Pixar. They tackle such serious subjects. And I love how it shows you a di about different cultures, too. Well, Pixar's always... I think they've been one of the leaders in that, showing different cultures. Even in, like, their movies that, like, like, like A Buck's Life or Elemental. Like, it's still exploring different cultures just through a different type of lens, you know? Well, now, what was Ants? Ants is not them either. I believe that's DreamWorks. DreamWorks, Which okay. came out the same year as A Bug's Life, which is weird. Yeah. 
Because so. I remember them both coming in. I like ants better than I love a really? bug's life. Yeah. Mm, I gotta disagree. I think that's just my opinion. No, I get that. I feel like that's how it was. I, I want to say that was like 1997 or 98, but I feel like you were either team ants or team of bug's mm -hmm. life. So I, I understand and I respect it. Mm -hmm. I just. And we, we also are a little bit different in age, too. So. Yeah, you're slightly older than me. So you're a dinosaur. No, fuck off. But not a good dinosaur. And now Kevin L's next question is, how did you and Faith first meet, mm -hmm. and what did you do on your first date? <coughs> so me and Faith actually knew each other for about a year before we actually started dating. We worked at the deli department at our local supermarket. Faith actually still works there I as do. a manager now, but we met back in 2010. I was just a young lad. I literally started there a few days after my 18th birthday, and the lady who happened to train me that day was this lady to my left. So we just, uh, okay, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> she was, uh, you know, she trained me and we just became friends. We just hung out as friends. She went on a date with this other guy who started around the same time as me, Steve, and they saw a movie I don't together. think his name was Steve. I when I was, didn't go on a date with you him. You went and saw a movie with I, him. We went to the movies. It you wasn't a date. date. Yeah, I remember what movie you guys saw. Why? Are you jealous? Well, you know, we went on a date with him before me because we didn't go on our first wait, date. Wait, but were you jealous? At the time? No. I mean, obviously, I was better looking, so I was more confident. Okay, was... okay. <laughs> Let's get that out of the way. This guy was like six foot, a very handsome guy. Yeah, but he wasn't me, so that's all that really, that's all you need to know. So, uh... Yep, no one's as handsome as my baby. So Valentine's Day rolls around, this is about almost a year later, and Faith wants to go on a Valentine's date with me. I think she asked me, actually. Mm -hmm. And we went to a local restaurant, local Italian joint called Carnival Pizza, and... <laughs> <laughs> so, we were very young. We were young. So, I said, oh, you know... He said, what do you want? And I'm like, oh, chocolate-covered strawberry. So I'm thinking he might go to, like, a, a special place to get them. No, he went to Stop and Shop. Local supermarket. And my local art, where we work. Yeah. And he bought, like, this, like, plate of chocolate-covered strawberries. I mean, I appreciated it. Yeah, it's the thought that counts. Yeah, and then I got you cologne. Yes, he did, my Usher cologne. That I actually just ran out of, like, a couple years ago. So. No, because I bought you another yeah, one. Yeah, I've got... I had two Usher colognes, and now I'm on to whatever one you bought me recently. So Savage. Savage. He upgraded. So, uh, Usher, so Dior, yeah. I love that Usher cologne, though. That no, it smelled good, but Dior, the, there's nothing that smells like Savage. No, I guess you're right. I wouldn't know, though. I'm not really a, a scent guy. But everyone tells you how good you smell. Yeah, that's true. People do say I smell good, which is good, because I, I do not want to give off a bad scent. You know, I want to give off an intoxicating scent. Yeah. So that's yeah. definitely what I'm going for. But <laughs> as far as that goes, that was a great question. And yeah, we went on Carnival Pizza. That was also the same night. I remember that Valentine's Day, The Rock came back to WWE. So it was a double win for me that night. And then we went that's on... That's what you did after a date? Yeah. I went you home. Went... Oh, I'm going to watch Raw. <laughs> <laughs> I was 18, Faith. Man, I was just a boy. <laughs> but, well, I was you know, that but when we when we went out, it, I didn't really like you look didn't at feel it like, like a date. Fireworks didn't fly for you. Like you, I didn't look at it like a date. Uh, yeah, I get that. You know what I mean? I thought because we were just friends, mm -hmm. and, we, and we both had not really didn't have Valentine's. We didn't have nothing to do, mm -hmm. so I thought, hey, well, why not? You know. Yeah, but yeah. then you got addicted to the kid. I did. I did. I, and I. Uh, <laughs> And then by August of that year, we were living together, and we haven't stopped living together since. Yeah. 
couple apartments and houses later, and well, one house later, and a couple dogs, and here we are, living yeah. the dream. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's a great question, Kevin. Thank you so much. And now comes one of my favorite parts of the entire week, Kevin L's other question that he asks every week. What are your favorite scenes from the following movies, Halloween 3? I mean, so I don't have a favorite scene, but there is like some cheesiness that I love to in that movie. Um, like he's like a playboy. Tom Atkins? Yeah, oh, it's like, how is he a playboy? It, like, oh yeah, people yeah. love that He was mustache. just banging right away, wasn't he? Oh yeah, well he's like hitting on the nurse, he's hitting yeah. on the, like at the hospital, yeah. then he's hitting on the other young girl, the guy's daughter, uh -huh. and, and then he's you know sharing a room with her and everything, even though they just met pretty much. He's got his ex-wife who clearly hates him, yeah. probably for this very reason, you know? Yeah. If we're being fair, that's probably why. <laughs> but my favorite scene in that movie, I think the opening scene is the best one because we don't know what's going on and we get that Carpenter's score kicking in. Okay. Anytime that the song comes on, it's so, like, it brings... So much nostalgia, yeah, right? So much nostalgia. Yeah, that's the John Carpenter. I think Halloween Three is the best one. It's really. How does that song go? Well, oh, Hall three more days till Halloween, 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 yeah. Halloween. Yeah. And then Silver Shamrock. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you also got the classic scene with the worms eating the guy's head. So, I mean, just the whole movie in general is just pretty much perfect to me. Like, you know, it's not like Michael Myers is in it, so it's not like the other Halloween movies, but the story it tells is just so good. This is your second favorite one, right? No, Oof. it's my favorite. I'm, a, I'm not favorite? afraid to admit it anymore. Like, I used to be ashamed, <laughs> like, picking it over John Carpenter's original, but John Carpenter isn't the one who directs this movie or anything like that. It still is produced by him, and I think he helped with the score. It's produced by him and his uh, produ producing partner, though, because the original thing was is they wanted each Halloween movie to tell a contained story, mm. not revolve around Michael Myers. But mm. after the success of the first two, they felt compelled to, unfortunately, reverse track. And that's why we got Halloween 4, the return of Michael Myers, because people were so upset. I wish they would have kept that. I know, but you got to remember at the time with marketing, it's, it's the early 1980s. So people were, you know, expecting because something Because we didn't different. need another Halloween. No, we didn't. We didn't need to go back to the well, but that was just what people were thinking at the time. You got to remember, this is like just before even home videos. So people only really knew Michael Myers from the Halloween movies. And that's just what they thought what the Halloween franchise was, was Michael Myers, almost in the sense of like how eventually we would just get the Slasher Kings with him, mm. Freddy, and Jason. Mm. But anyway, continuing to the next part, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Have okay, you seen this so one? Okay, so refresh my memory. So this is the second one. This is like the more serious one um, as far as before we get into Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Like, uh, Freddy is still scary, but this is when that new kid, I think his name is Jesse, moves into the house with his family. This is the one with the iconic pool scene where he's like, you're all my children now. This is the one with all that. We don't really watch that one. Because it's a bad one. Okay. Uh, this is a really bad <laughs> okay, movie. Okay, so that's why I have no idea. That's why what you're trying to explain it. I'm like, I have no I'll go no back idea. to this one every few years. This, cause, because this one's actually kind of gotten a, a, a newfound love to it. Because apparently, I mean, not apparently. Because this is very much like an LGBTQ plus <gasps> oh, movie. Oh, it's with the guy. Yeah, so there's a lot of oh, like there's a the lot of homosexual overtones in it. It's got that scene where he's like hitting his ass against the, uh, the dresser and everything like that. Yeah. So this 
this one has kind of gained, and plus the lead actor is a homosexual himself, so this has kind of led to like a resurgence in the movie. He's uh, gay. He didn't have to say homosexual. Oh, well, he's a gay man, so anyway, <laughs> I'm just trying to be politically correct. So anyway, it's kind of got that, but in general, other than the pool scene, which is my favorite scene in the movie, where he rips out of the, of the kid's chest and he's like, you're all my children now, and it's like the fire blaring. Other than that scene, the rest of the movie is just pretty damn bad. Yeah, I don't even remember. You know? I mean, I remember it, but like... It's, nah, nothing it's just not a well-made movie. If you, like if you were talking about the third one, is that the third? That's Dream Warriors. Dream Warriors. Love that. Oh, yeah, with the Dawkins score? Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. A long, young Lawrence Fishburne in that movie. But, yeah, two is very forgettable. But, I mean, I'm happy that people have found a certain thing in it that they love. So, I'm not going to knock the movie for that. Because it, if for other people it works for me, mm, I will forget that I hate it and go back to it again sometimes. Insidious, I, I don't even, again, I don't remember the movie. I just watched it three days ago so I could tell you my favorite scene in that movie and it's the jump scare from hell with Barbara Hershey sitting there and then you've seen the jump scare actually with the it sees the lipstick man when they cut to Patrick Wilson and you get that big jump in the score and the red guy, red and black guy standing behind him who looks like, uh, what's his name from The Phantom Menace, so... I'm I, I'm amazed by like you remembering all this stuff because I <laughs> yeah. I can watch a movie unless it's like a, one of my favorites and I can like pick a scene or whatever. But like if it's a movie I've seen once or twice, I I have to go back to that movie. Uh, yeah. You it's you just remember it. I'm just always fascinated by that. Okay, I, I have a photographic memory with certain things, but with other things I don't. It's yeah, weird. I know that. Yeah, it's weird. My mind is very tailor made to things I like, and it will commit itself to that. But then the other things, if I hate it, I can't remember it. I'm that, that way with music. So it's very strange. But yeah, that's my favorite scene in that movie. Um, also, just in when they're in the far away and they're like in the guy's lair, that set design is beautiful. It does kind of look like an early 90s Guns N' Roses music, music video, though. But other than that, I love that kind of look. Mm. So since you don't know anything, we'll move on to a movie I know you know. Clueless. Clueless. So you can tell them your favorite scene in this movie. Okay, so I love the party scene um, in the middle of the movie. They go to a party that's in the valley that she wasn't supposed to go. Her dad said no. Nope. Um, they go. They're having a good time. She's trying to hook her friend up with one of the popular guys in the school. She <laughs> she knocks her out somehow <laughs> and tries kindle something with them. Rekindle the old flame. Yeah. Well, it wasn't old flame. She's just trying flame. to. Yeah. She's trying to play matchmaker with them. Um, and the guy. She's the obviously the girl. Uh, Brittany uh, Murphy. Murphy's playing. She is not really that smart. <laughs> so no, she's he's trying to get her memory going and it starts rolling with the homies. Yeah. And then there's a nut, the same party. Donald, Donald Fisher, not Fisher, is it Donald Faison? Donald Faison, Turk, as yep. everyone knows him. Um, he's in the bathroom shaving his head. <laughs> and his girlfriend comes in, share, um, Oh my God! Stacy Dash. Dash's character comes in and says, "Oh my God! I can't believe that you shaved your head." And he's like, he's upset that she's saying something about him. And then he's like, "I'm calling your mother." And he's like, "No, no, no, no!" I love that scene. So the party scene is my favorite. Okay, absolutely. I don't favorite. know if I have a favorite scene because this isn't. I don't love this movie as much as you, but I we always quote the Brittany Murphy line like, I, "I've been working out for this long and I don't have buns of steel." <laughs> <laughs> That. We always call it that line. <laughs> Buns of steel. The way she says it, her line delivery. Yeah, Brittany Murphy, she was going to be one of the greats. Oh, she man. passed away so young. Man. I even liked her in that movie with, uh, 
I think Just Married with her and Ashton Kutcher. A good early 2000s comedy that just came to win, but I appreciate or, it. Uh, yeah, and when, um, <laughs> like, he's like, see you around. I hope not sporadically. Yeah. Her way she was was so unique. Because it it's a New York voice. Yeah. They were really emphasizing that in that movie because they're so California. Oh, my God, they are. And they were trying to give you the queer difference between New Yorkers and California. Like, we sound like Brittany Murphy in that movie. I hope not sporadically. I, I'm going to respectfully disagree. I don't sound like that. I am a little Well, measly. New Yorkers definitely do. So, next up is The Shining. Do you have a favorite scene from The Shining? Oh, I don't know. I'll give you two because my favorite, one of my favorite scenes. These are the qu these are thinkers. Yeah, because I well I I just have so many scenes in The Shining because this is also where the steady cam got started. So just watching the kid Danny just ride his like big wheel across the floor and then the sound shifting as it goes over wood to carpet. And the mm. camera follows him the whole time. I love that shot. Um, Jack Nicholson writing the book, and then she comes down there. I guess to bring him a. I can't remember exactly why she came down there, and he just gets so mad at her and just like kind of goes off on her. Whether you don't hear me typing, whether the fuck you hear me doing here when I'm in here, that means that I am working. That means don't come in. Mm. And that's before my favorite scene, which is on the stairs with the baseball bat. He's like, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just going to bash your fucking brains in. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's my it favorite. That movie creeps me out a lot. It's a scary like movie. the blood. Yeah. The, oh, coming out of the elevator. Yes, that's my scene. Yeah, you know, that, that, that scene um, that's imprints, imprints in my brain. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you don't have The Shining. <laughs> I don't. And, you know, I love that movie. That's almost a perfect horror movie. Almost a perfect Stanley Kubrick movie. It's a 10 out of 10. Okay. Can't say a bad thing about The Shining. And then the last movie on this list... Terminator 3. That's correct, Faith. That is Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines. Uh, this movie is not one of the better Terminator movies. I revisited this one uh, pretty recently, actually, when we were doing the Terminator watch-through. And I was very disappointed because i used to really love terminator 3 and it turns out it's not that great but the script and i think main reason is the score they don't ever play the terminator 3 and i don't think i ever seen the brad fidel's you've seen it this is the one with the um became I've a someone too you've seen the one you never seen anyone here like like says talk to the hand and he's wearing the stupid star sunglasses Ugh. There's a lot of stuff. Talk to the hand. Yeah, it's the 2003. <sighs> this movie came out. It's very 2003. Oh, okay. Yeah, very 2003. Okay. So if you were thinking of 2003, especially you know early, like action movies of the time, you can find this one in there. And but the best scene in this movie is the ending because they commit Judgment Day actually happens. So yeah. they actually the very ending of this movie for committing to that. That's the best scene in this movie. So, in my opinion, is the very end. So, thank you, Kevin. That was a great question. I always appreciate these every week. This is just so much fun. Uh, now, moving on to old Maddie Slicks here. He wrote, in honor of Asteroid C uh, City coming out, give us a quick Wes Anderson film ranking. All right. This is all you. You've never seen... Well, you have seen some. You just watched one last week for the first time with me. Yeah, but I'm... This is you. This is your, this is your time to shine. I'm always shining, Faith. <laughs> Let me get my old list out here to make sure I got them all, because I have to find old Wes Anderson. So this is actually, he has 10 movies in his entire career. So at number 10, I have The Darjeeling Limited. Now this movie's pretty decent, it stars uh, Jason Schwartzman, 
Owen Wilson, and Adrian Brody. They're three brothers. They're actually on a, they don't realize it, but they're on a trip to go see their mother, their estranged mother who didn't come to their father's funeral. And it's really about them connecting. It's not that great though. It's just kind of like, I feel like this one's just a little bit too pretentious, even though Wes Anderson is kind of known for that. Mm. This one, I think he just goes a step too far and that's why it's my least favorite. And that's the same thing with my number nine, Isle of Dogs. Like this brings back like the animation style that he did with the fantastic Mr. Fox, but I just feel like he goes a little too far with it. Even though the voice work is great, Edward Norton is a great voice work in it. Everybody, you know, we get Bill Murray again. Everybody who does the voice work is good in it. The animation is cool, but the story and plot, just not that interesting. And then at number eight, I'm actually going to put, because I'm always very confused what I want to put at the bottom here. I'll put Bottle Rocket. I, I really like that movie a lot. You get Owen Wilson, Luke Wilson, and um, James Caan pops up in there before they got Bill Murray to basically fill that role. And this one is the most like pulled back version of Wes Anderson. It feels a little bit like a student film. There's not many sets. It doesn't really have those camera shots that he would become known for. Those clean looking sets, you know, those almost pastel color, like just where everything just has a certain look to it, that dollhouse look. He doesn't have that here. So then after that, I'm actually gonna go with the fantastic Mr. Fox. That would be my number seven. Uh, I don't love this movie as much as everybody else does. This is based on a Roald Dahl book and it's a very interesting one. You get Meryl Streep and George Clooney doing voice work and a good job at that. You get Jason Schwartzman back again also doing great voice work. Good, good movie. Just not my favorite. So if mm. I have to, you know, go with that. And then above that at number six, I'm going to go with The Life Aquatic of Steve Zizou starring Bill Murray. This movie is great. I remember people didn't love this one. This is where they kind of felt like Wes Anderson went too far. I personally really enjoyed this movie. Bill Murray turns out a fantastic performance in it and it's beautifully shot. We get those dollhouse looks of like, you know, the ship in a bottle kind of look where the set's cut in half. This is the first time I think he did that. So I do like that one a lot. And then at number five, I will have the Royal Tenenbaums from 2001. You love that movie, yeah. I do love that movie, but I think that the first two acts are just not as good as the third act. And that's why I have it lower than other movies. Because mm. it does build up to a fantastic third act. But the third act is amazing. And that's the only reason why I put it even this high. Because the first two acts, they're kind of slow and uh, meandering in a way. Gene Hackman turns out probably his last great performance in this movie and everybody else in this movie also does a great job this is where i had a hard time was between four and three but number four i have the french dispatch that's his most recent film that came out this is an anthology film and all the series of anthologies are separated by little like i guess an, this long story about how bill murray he's the editor of the french dispatch which is just a newspaper that you know gives the world culture news almost like the new yorker and he plays his role great but the vignette but each series each anthology part of the film is pretty damn well done but the the best one is the first one with Benicio del toro and uh tilda swinton does a fantastic job just being so quirky and funny in that section i mean that she's perfect in that little role so that would be number four, but number three would be Moonrise Kingdom that stars Bruce Willis, Francis McDermott in the lead roles. They are great in that. Edward Norton, this is I think the first time he got together with Wes Anderson and that's pretty much all he does now is Wes Anderson movies. This is kind of where we get like a lot of those shots of like certain items, like when they're in the very early part of the movie at the Boy Scout camp. We get all those shots of the items. This is kind of what Saturday Night Live would spoof, but I absolutely love this movie because of the heart of it, especially Bruce Willis and the kid at the very end. I just absolutely love that. Number two, would be the Grand Budapest Hotel, 2014's Best Picture nominee starring Ray Fiennes. This movie is pretty much perfect, but the cinematography steals it with the pastel colors. The hotel itself is a character. The areas that they're in, that snow-covered mountains, 
I absolutely adore this movie. The quirky dialogue, it's really funny. Willem Dafoe, Bill Murray in their little roles do a great job. But then my number one is going to be 1998's Rushmore. Put Jason Schwartzman on the map. Rekindle the old... Schwarzman. Jason Schwarzman. <laughs> yeah, this is the one that put him on the map. Because, uh, I mean, this is Tyler Stryer's son, you know. This is part of the old Coppola family, you know. So, that he was made to be an actor, and he does a fantastic job. Um, he's actually the star of Asteroid City as well. So, I get really nostalgic for this movie as well, just because it reminds me of 1998. And this is really before the Wes Anderson look really took off. It's kind of in there, you know, you still get the music and the tone of his other movies, but the set design wasn't there yet. We would see that, I think, in the Royal Tenenbaums that he would do going forward. So, that's my number one, and that's a great question. Thank you so much, Matt. I love answering that question. Faith, did you enjoy that? <laughs> I just, I'm here for the ride, baby. I know, you were here for I'm the here ride. here for the ride, baby. I'll take you on a ride. So, next one is, favorites, this one is from Tell Him Freddy sent you, and he wrote, favorite superhero movie of all time, and your favorite Brad Pitt movie from the 90s. So, my favorite superhero movie of all time isn't a surprise to anybody, and that's 1989's Batman directed by the legendary Tim Burton. This movie, I've said it a million times, I'll say it again. Perfect superhero film. Um, the score does so much work. Beautiful set design. Michael Keaton is Batman, and then Jack Nicholson as the Joker, perfectly cast. I'm sorry, I cannot. Oh, looking all <laughs> There he goes. Okay. And then you get the awesome Prince soundtrack as well. So, you know, two of my favorite actors, one of my favorite musicians, one of my favorite directors, one of my favorite composers. It's a match made in heaven. The best superhero movie ever. Mm. What about you? Okay, so I was talking to you and I said, so I don't have one movie. I have a, like a series, which would be Captain America. Um, but yeah. if I had to pick one, it would be um, Captain America, the first Avenger. I love the backstory. I love um, just how tough he was. I just, I love his relationship. With Bucky? Um, with Bucky. I, I don't know. I just, I love that movie. I can watch it any day, anytime. Yeah. But I, again, Captain America is not my favorite superhero. See, it's, I can like, I can like the movies mm -hmm. without having to be my favorite superhero. Like Batman, I will, I feel like is my super favorite superhero. But to me, he's like the weakest of all the superheroes. Well, but the thing is, is when Batman operates so, in his own universe, he's only fighting super villains who aren't like super, they're regular, powers, they're regular, yeah. they're all just, you know, really bad guys, bad guys who all mm -hmm. of them have like mental illnesses and stuff like that, just like that. Where you go into like the other ones and it's like supernatural. Supernatural, aliens, it. like, you know, um, they're dealing with, but you know. I would have to say Captain America First Avenger is my favorite. That's a good choice. What about favorite Brad Pitt film from the 90s? I think you have two really key options here. Um, I think seven set, for me. Fight Club. What? Fight Club. 100% Fight Club. I mean, he's so good in seven, though. I'm not saying he's good in both. Oh, he's good in both. Like, I mean, yeah, it's really close. It's a matter of taste. Uh, well, I mean, they're both David Fincher movies, so. Yeah, it's a, it's a matter of taste. It's whatever you feel is good. Yeah, no. I, what about Thalman Lewis? Did you like him? Oh, uh, yeah. It was funny in that. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> this, like, freaking, like, nice guy who yet is a robber. Yeah. <laughs> And then 12 Monkeys also, he was great in the 90s. And he was, he was in an interview with a vampire, but yeah, for me it's seven. For you it's Fight Club. That's mm -hmm. a great question, Freddie. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And then this is actually going to be our final question of the week. And I didn't even realize this. Thoughts on the Garbage Pail Kids? 
Do you know anything? I about? know the, about the Garbage Pail Kids from, from Always, Always Sunny. Sunny in Philadelphia. So I knew about the Garbage Kids Pail Kids before that. They were a trading card that kids used to collect. And then there was the Garbage Pail Kids movies. Yeah. Which the first one, I don't know if they had sequels, but the first one is disgusting. And it's grotesque. Yeah. And it's just very hard to watch. So I'm not a big fan of it. But yeah, I always think Always Sunny. Always Sunny. Sunny. Yeah. Like, we love the Garbage Pail Kids. Yeah, so it's like, like I traded my whole Garbage <laughs> Pail Kids collection for this. And, and the way that, get, uh, <laughs> I just love the way that Frank like so impressed by it. like wow you got some good stuff <laughs> you really so i don't know if you guys seen the newest season of always sunny um but they kind of make frank seem like he's smart but they kind of make him seem like he's not that smart well he's, he's they always just try and say that it's because he's old and he's just done so much drugs and drank so much <laughs> so his brain he's just basically mush now yeah <laughs> So that's basically yeah, yeah like literally he got what was the uh, the pops yeah and he tr he gave him so much money for those pops i know because it's rare that's it that's, that's the only reason why he wanted them is because, because they, they, that was Charlie's the last trying not one to throw up is hysterical yeah because they were so disgusting yeah because it's been 1990 was the first the Teenage oh, movie. I could talk about Always Sunny all day. I know. We tried that on here. It didn't, it didn't click. It didn't click. Because <laughs> it didn't have me, baby. That's true. We didn't have you. So that might have been the, the key ingredient that we were missing. A little sugar and spice. And everything nice. So anyway, guys, that's going to do it here for us on another episode of Let's Talk Physical Media. If you want to ask questions before I put out the post this week, you can feel free to leave those in the comment section below. And while you're down there, make sure you like this video and subscribe the channel if you're listening on to all podcast services make sure you subscribe there give us five stars there wherever you are make sure you check out so you can you know it really does help to support the channel just by doing that and also guys just want to make sure you guys have a great week we appreciate all your support be and safe out there yes be safe out there and we will be seeing you around <laughs>